So uh, I'm kind of liking this new intro that I got here uh, with my big diesel truck starting up. It just reminds me of uh, that Rolling Stone song, Stop Me Up. So here we go. Stop me up. Revving that engine. Oh, yeah. Feel that power. That is the power of the faith of a Christian. Yeah. All right. Here we go to our intro with Porter. Yeah, cut that off. And uh, we got the Porter Baldwin here bringing us into the Sanguine Podcast. Hey, welcome all you uh, faithful listeners out there. Thank you so much for those of you that are new. Hey, this is the Sanguine Podcast where it is uh, offered. Wow, what a stumble there. Those who are optimistic during dark times. Yeah, the faithful. And so, welcome. This is the Sanguine Podcast. I am Tom Baldwin, your host. Yes, I do stumble over words occasionally, and so that is part of the podcast, and hopefully part of the humor and realizing that you don't have to be perfect to do things, but uh, just want to welcome you here today to the podcast. And hey, those of you, if you're enjoying this, are you just a... cause pique some interest in you, you can do me a huge favor if you just go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And if you rate the podcast, if I made you laugh or you learned something, hey, just give me five stars. It helps promote my podcast so much. I just can't tell you how much that helps the metrics by just simply going and rating that you don't have to support me. You don't have to do anything else. That would be great. Those of you that have been listening a while know that I have a website where I have a support system there. I have merchandise, and you can listen to all the podcasts there at sanguinefaith.com. And then my personal email where you can contact me about just about almost anything is 406bigt at gmail.com. So, hey, welcome, everyone. Hey, <laughs> yeah, it has been some trying weeks. You know, Jesus, one of his promises that I just struggle with and uh, I'm coming to grips with as I get older. But, you know, he says, in this world, you'll have trouble. And man, I can just certify and guarantee and just, you know, whatever official stamp you can give to that statement, almost on a daily basis, I can give that stamp. But also the other side and the rest of that scripture is, it says, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. So yes, we have trouble. And man, I'll tell you, I've had trouble I'm exhausted. It it has been difficult to get in here to do the podcast. I can't tell you. It's when I'm away from the microphone for a while, I get this phobia and I'm just like, oh my gosh, do you still know how to do that? And then the real question is, did you ever know how to do that? And then, you know, those of you that are out there, if you're real with yourself, you know that kind of cyclic downward thinking that gets in there and that as I'm doing this and I'm wanting to improve and wanting to bring you better content, improve the content, that it is really hard when life gets in the way of what you want to do. And so you need that extra determination and grit. That's why I'm in here almost at seven o'clock at night where I'd much rather be sitting in front of the TV like you probably, well, I don't know, you're you're probably awesome. So you probably don't have that temptation where you just kind of want to veg out and just check out because you're tired and exhausted. Anyway, we're belaboring Tom's whining and moaning, which sometimes he gets on that track. And it is hard. As I've got older, I, I never realized, although people said that it would be true, that the thing I deal with is fatigue. I mean, when I was young, I just had energy. I, you know, realistically, when I was young, I had too much energy, which caused me to get in trouble, to run my mouth off, to do things because I had too much energy. 
And now I have so much more wisdom and I want to do so many more things, but yet I lack the energy. And so I'm just like, oh, I should just sit down and rest or I should just sit down and take a nap. So I don't know what all that was about. That's just kind of Tom processing. And those of you guys out there that are listening, hey, you could take a little lesson from me in this alone for this moment. But many words will serve you well in your relationship with women. And that I found that, and it's kind of the secret that nobody tells men, but to get past things, you don't necessarily have to figure them out. Sometimes you just have to speak them out and feel them and you get past them. So sometimes when I mumble and rant to you guys, it's because you are my audience, you are my friends, you are my community, you are my tribe that you have the honor, <laughs> you're just like, maybe it's not so much an honor, but helping me process. And so I so appreciate that. So today, what are we going to talk about? Well, today we're going to talk about a scripture in First John where it talks about perfect love and it talks about how perfect love casts out fear. And I've referenced this before in previous podcasts, but if you have fear, it's obvious that the perfect love is not running its entire course through your body, through your spirituality through your psyche, whatever that is, and wherever that is, you know, in your personage, where your thoughts reside, whatever that is, where there's fear and there's trepidation and the perfect love hasn't run its course. And so I was thinking about that and it's like, well, how do you get perfect love? And how do you like in a very, let's say, uh, uh, sterile application role, how do you apply that perfect love so you can get rid of that fear? Because, you know, I don't necessarily, I feel like I'm getting older, but I have a grip on love. And the scriptures talk, give us some really great information about love and what it is that is patient, it's kind, it's gentle, it's long-suffering, and it keeps no record of wrong. And so we have a pretty good description of what love is. And those of us that have felt love, we understand it to a degree. But in my life and my reality, I've experienced way more fear than I've experienced love. And so I am well acquainted with fear. And I know what fear is and I know what it does in my life. And I don't necessarily in this practical way, I know in the knowledge way is that perfect love counts out fear. So yeah, yeah, right. So you just apply perfect love. So you grab the perfect love potion off the shelf and you just, you shake it on your fear, right? It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. And so it's, I've been struggling with this thing. The scripture gives us the answer, but it's like it's like uh, it it's like getting the ingredients to make this wonderful healing balm, but you don't get the specific proportions and you don't get the way to add it. And so, how do you get that perfect love? How do you apply that perfect love? Because I've been thinking about that, and those of you that have listened for a while, you know my history. That fear is one of the bigger things I've dealt with, and you're just like big Montana redneck. Tom Baldwin, Tombo Baldwin deals with fear. And it's like, absolutely, you jerk. I'm not just kidding. As my friend, Mr. Allen would say, I say that in the lovely, lovingly as terms possible that we used to use the phrase jerk back and forth as a, as a term of endearment because it was identifying with our own imperfections and that our friendship persisted and actually grew because of our imperfections and our willingness to look past those and to engage and have a genuine friendship. Man, I've been blessed with some dang good friends. I'll tell you what, I, in that sense, I am spoiled rotten. I have 
I truly have some of the best friends. I truly on Friday night have the best community that surrounds me and that I am privileged and honored to interact with. So, so how do you apply this perfect love? Because fear is a real issue. And, and in this world, it seems like it's often become an, a scarier place, at least from when I was a kid, things that normal kids at young ages do. Kids nowadays would never think about doing the things I did because the world has become such a more dangerous place. And so there are so many more things to be fearful. So how do we apply this? Well, I've been thinking a lot about this probably for six months or more. I often have things like a computer system that they're operating in the background. And so they don't necessarily get out in the forefront and they're not necessarily right there in your face, but they're operating in the background. And so I often think about them and every now and they'll flash in the, in the foreground, you know, and they'll be like, and I'll, I'll begin to deal with it. And I was thinking about love and it's like, how do you apply love? And I was like, you don't apply love. And I was thinking when I've experienced love, because I've chased love for a long time. Those of you that know my stories, you know my struggles with my mom and my stepmom and the desire to feel unconditional love, to feel love. And I feel like I've been chasing love for a long time and trying to, like, uh, in a sense, control and manipulate it and get love. Well, if you happen to do that, I'll just tell you one thing. You don't have love. If that's the way you go about and, and that's that's the pursuit, you absolutely don't have love. You have something else that you've contrived and you've manufactured, and it's kind of like an imitation crab, you know, kind of sort of tastes like crab, but man, it's not anywhere near crab. And for some people, it's a substitute, but not really. And if you're not into crab, just think of like uh, some alternative sweeteners to your sugar. It's like you're going to have diet soda instead of regular soda. Well, it's it's bubbly and the, that's kind of it. And there's kind of the same flavors, but not really at all. And so it's, it's the way it is with love versus the way that love happens. The way that you get love applied into your life is that you receive it. And to receive love is an incredibly scary endeavor because it involves the V word. Hopefully, none of you went down the road that a lot of men do. And if you did, just know you're not alone. And the women are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. Yes, it is vulnerability. That's what you were. all of you were 100% thinking about. It's kind of like, you know, I'm a sci-fi guy and I'm thinking, you know, the, you have these starships that are fighting and they have their shields up. And then all of a sudden there's this thing, hey, lower your shields and we'll have peace talks. And there's always a lot of fear and trepidation because there's a lot of trust that goes down because once you lower your shields, you're incredibly vulnerable. And if an attack happens, it could be devastating, if not fatal or destruction of the starship or of you yourself. You feel that way if you lower your guards down and you become vulnerable to receive love that it could really injure you. And so here is where the conundrum falls in. As we have fear and we have the antidote, it is the perfect love of God. That is a love that is without fault. It is without flaw. It is without defect. It is perfect in all of its ways. But it takes a certain amount of faith to be able to apply that. Well, we talked about, so that's a bad word. We're not even going to talk about it. to receive that. And to receive that, we have to lower our guards down and we have to become 
vulnerable. And for many of you, and this includes me too, that is a really hard spot because I spent a fair bit of my life in control protecting this thing because through dysfunction and sin and a fallen world, there were those that should have protected this but didn't. And so I've learned to protect this. And a lot of the ways that I've learned to protect this thing, Tom Baldwin, this person, Tom Baldwin, are very effective, but they're not necessarily very healthy and they're not necessarily very effective for growing and getting past things. And one of those things is these default mechanisms and keeping up these barriers so we don't get hurt. And so when we don't let love in, we're missing out on a lot of things that promote healing because love leads to such things as trust, intimacy, personal growth, being able to approach the hard things, the insights of other people that before love and before the vulnerability, we weren't willing to receive those because we didn't trust and we had to protect this thing. And so when perfect love comes in and perfect love, you have to know that God is a gentleman and he's a respecter and love in general. When you read about love, it is not pushy and it's not belligerent and it's not aggressive. Well, it kind of is aggressive and it's just uh, God's unconditional love is so infectious and so wonderful as it gets in. It is like one of those really healthy infections that just begins to heal all kinds of things. It's like the good bacteria in your gut. When the good bacteria proliferate, they just begin to heal all kinds of things and restore life where the bad bacteria have taken over. They come in and they overwhelm that. And so that is with God's love, but it takes us to let it in. It's sort of like that good, good bacteria and it's in a pill and it's in a bottle. And someone gives it to you and they tell you of the benefits. And you're just like, yeah, I've heard the snake oil salesman before. And so it sits on the shelf and your condition gets worse and your condition gets worse. And then you start to take more serious look and you're just like the risk worth versus benefit is going up because things are getting really bad. And so this is denoting a higher risk. And then you finally take it and it gets in your body and it proliferates and it grows and it begins to promote healing. That is what the perfect love of God is. And so this podcast, this is for believers of Jesus, non-believers of Jesus. I don't care where you fall on the spectrum. I was a believer for a long time and I was only able to broach this minimally at certain times until the trust and my faith grew in this great God, this trustworthy God. And as that love grew, and that trust between us grew. And I shouldn't say love, it was trust at first. And then I began to become vulnerable. And I let that perfect love in. And I, that perfect love started to do the healing. And not only did it cast out fear, but it did so much more healing. And so this is for you. You don't have to start all out. And for most of us, opening the floodgates wide open and just total surrender is probably not an option. Now, there are some out there that can do that. For me, that is not an option. And I'm going to tell you that it works as you just begin to slowly, that God will prove himself trustworthy and you will find the healing that you need. And that perfect love, not only will it begin to cast out fear, but it will begin to build trust. It will begin to dissolve dysfunction. It will begin to dissolve codependency. It will begin 
to bring strength to character virtues like gentleness and kindness. It is the door that opens perfect love. I think we could expound that scripture does wonders. And so I would just encourage you today that you don't apply perfect love, that the time that you should spend is just becoming vulnerable and becoming real with God. And I'll just kind of give you like a session that I do that really helps me. And maybe it'll inspire you to develop your own. I don't recommend that you copy mine because you may be some like me, hopefully not too much like me, just because I wouldn't want you to bear those kind of burdens. It's, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough, sometimes it's a rough thing. I mean, I love it, but it's, it's not for everyone. But here's what I do. I just get real with God because the scriptures say in Hebrews, everything is uncovered and laid bare before whom we will give account. Okay. That's Jesus. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay. They already know everything. And so for you just to keep your little stuff thinking you're hiding it from God, can I just tell you, that's just not very smart. I think you should stop that because he already knows. And to pretend that he doesn't know, it's just, it's kind of silly. It's kind of, I think it kind of makes you look kind of stupid. I mean, sorry. That's a word we don't use in our house. Anyway, here's what I do. I'm just like, Jesus, you know where I'm at right now. And you know where I want to get to. And here are the things that are holding me up. I have a lot of hurts from my childhood that just caused me to mistrust. And I have a really hard time just trusting people, being open and honest. And and that includes you. And I know in the scriptures you say, ask, and you will receive. So I'm just asking. You know exactly where I'm at. I'm asking for your help right here. I want to receive your love. Will you begin to help? And just be quiet and sit with that. I guarantee you the answers will come. When you have that kind of genuineness and openness with God, God speaks. And sometimes he doesn't speak. And you're like, well, an audible voice like in, you know, Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments. And it is a voice that for different people is heard a different way. For me, it's heard in my mind's eye. Um, but sometimes it comes through images. Sometimes I can just feel God move the herd away and I feel openness and I feel freedom was inside me. All of those are ways that God moves and they are as individual and unique as you are. And God knows who you are. He's the one that knit you in your womb. And if you're not yet on that belief system, that's okay. You know, and maybe you won't get there. I, I just, you are unique and you know that wherever, however you believe that came about. And God is going to meet you as unique as that is. And so don't necessarily expect this voice or this vision. And maybe it will be that. I mean, I've had some pretty cool visions and I got to tell you, that kind of stuff can get pretty addicting. And you're like, dude, were there mushrooms? <laughs> there were not. I was in a church van. There were no plant nootropic substances anywhere close. This was a general, genuine spiritual vision. And those are cool. And you can ask God for those. Do you get what I'm talking about? God wants you to ask. He wants to interact with you. God does not want to control you. You are part of his precious. He loves you and you're part of his family. And he wants to interact with you and he wants you to see you succeed and be fulfilled. And so part of this is replacing some of those. So just, hey, as we wrap up today, community, I so appreciate you. 
again, remember, perfect love casts out fear and perfect love does heal and restore about everything. God is so good. And so, hey, if you like this podcast, man, if you review me on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, super, super helpful. Always love to hear from you. Thank you for those who support me. And uh, yeah, I so appreciate you. And uh, hey, uh... (laughs) all right, we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.